Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, Truth Seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasdale. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your hostess with the mostest, Christine Blasdale, your digital marketing multimedia coach. And I am so happy that you tuned in today because I have a very special guest. And I'll tell you also, uh, after I, I introduce her, I'm going to tell you uh, what really sparked me to want to have her on the show um, because uh, it just hit, it just resonated with me. Christine Meyer is my guest today. And she is the author of this fantastic title book, Keep It Simple, <laughs> Smarty Pants, Stop Overthinking, Start Aligning, Live Happy. And Christine uh, has, since 2002, she's made it her mission to empower, educate, and, and uplift the world. She coaches the ultra-successful people, yes, those who you think wouldn't even need a coach, to dream even bigger, reach beyond their limitations, and know themselves from the inside out. Her clients include Obama speechwriters, impact-driven serial entrepreneurs, Emmy Award winners, best-selling authors, multi-million dollar investors, and leaders of change, which are my favorite people. She's a sought-after podcast guest, of course, and founding member and regular contributor to the Forbes Coaches Council. Please welcome to Out of the Box with Christine. Oh, and I can always remember your name, Christine. Christine Meyer. Welcome. I was thinking I was thinking the exact same thing. I will never forget your name. No. <laughs> Thank Welcome you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. And I've already enjoyed our pre-podcast conversation. Yes. Oh my goodness. And you know, usually I'll have a, a pre, yeah, well, pre-recording interview or, or talking to someone. And but I've I've never enjoyed talking to someone as much as I have with you. We I feel like we're old friends. So welcome. Welcome to my world. Thank and I'm, I'm glad I'm in your world as well. Um, so I, one of the reasons is my mantra in life and in business with coaching. I love teaching. I love coaching. I love guiding, right? I can do the work for clients, but I'd rather teach them how to do it themselves, right? And I've always thought that that's actually, that's a good skill set. That's something that I would want my coach to want to, uh, to aspire to, not to just say you have to rely on me all the time and I'll do, you know, the work and grind. Um, but one of my mantras in my coaching that I do is the kiss K I S S and it's keep it simple, <laughs> silly. I, Cause it's, some people say stupid, keep it, yes. keep it simple, stupid but I would never do that because I know words have power. So I say, keep it simple, silly. And that's my coaching style as well is simple, easy, fun, because if it's simple, easy, and fun, you're going to, it's like a, planting a garden with lots of good, you know, fertilizer and, and everything. So keep it simple, smarty pants. I love it. I love it. You got the kiss in there. So thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about this book. I hear it's a hit as well. Um, well, I like it's a hit in my own mind anyway. I, yeah. I hope it's a hit out there. Um, well, it, it really identifies what I 
want the book to get across to people is that it identifies the foundations of who we truly are. And it gives you, it's like understanding how to build a house. If you build a house on quicksand, it's going to topple over. And and we've all, we all have built houses on quicksand, meaning our beliefs, our the meanings we attach to things, our perspectives, our interpretations of things, and based on society and the people who have raised us and all so many things that we base our foundations on that are not stable, that are not founded in universal laws and truths and consistency. And so then your house topples over at some point or another. So the book addresses the three things that I believe you need to know to live a really good life and have strong foundations in place. And then that's the first part of the book. And the second part of the book really shows you how to do those things. And it's less about my work with clients is less about action first. It's more about doing the inside work. It's more about identifying how you feel, working through that and, and understanding the relationship between your non-physical self, your soul, and your emotions, and that you are a creator. You are a creation of your own, and you are also a creator. So I address those things in the book, and in my opinion, it's all you ever need to know. If you apply mm, it yeah. and and learn how to work with it in your own life, and let that spur inspiration and ideas for yourself to apply it, you will see the direct results of your thoughts and emotions. You will see as you start to manage, and it's not, it's not, it's paying attention to how you feel and choosing whether you want to keep feeling this way or whether you want to feel better. And, and people don't know that they have a choice. Most people do not know that they have a choice because most people react to conditions. We all have plenty of conditions out in the world right now that we are reacting to that do not feel good. And I am never saying ignore those conditions. What I am saying is you're having a response, feeling response to everything that you think about. And when something really matters to you, you are going to have a stronger feeling response, whether that be negative emotion, feeling bad or positive emotion, feeling better. And you have no control of those over those conditions stuff happens. The idea is though, stuff happens. How are you going to perceive it? How are you going to navigate through that? And how can you still thrive? How can you still thrive? That is not at all pretending something doesn't exist. But mm -hmm. as I describe in my book, you go to a buffet and I, I personally do not like turnips, never have. So I use the example in the book. That's why it's in there. It's because I have a relationship with turnips that is not pleasant. I do not like them. Do not want them in my plate on my plate. But if I were to go to a buffet and and there were potatoes and turnips and vegetables of all kinds and desserts and whatever, right? I don't have to call the manager over and say, "Hey, dude, get those things, get those turnips off the buffet. I don't want them there. I don't like them, don't want them there, don't want them near my food. All I have to do is go to the buffet, observe that there are turnips and think, hmm, don't really like turnips, don't want more of those on my, don't want any of those on my plate, don't want more of those in my stomach. So I'm going to choose what I do want. So it's kind of like that. We have the ability, we have the ability to recognize what we don't want, but what it does is it clarifies what we do want. And then again, using the same, 
Example, if you're in the restaurant about to order a meal, you don't go through the menu and say, hey, waiter, I don't like this, don't want that, don't like this, don't want that, don't want that, don't want oh, that, get that away from me. You actually go through the menu looking for things you like. So we have, we all have the ability to be looking around our world and identifying more of what we do want, more of the preferences. And when we recognize something we don't want, we don't have to, typical human behavior around something that you don't want is to tell everybody and then start pushing against it, start making it out to be really, really bad because you think that making it out to be really, really bad is going to get rid of it. You don't get rid of anything that you keep pointing at. Right. What contrary what you to resist, the laws of the what, universe. What you resist persists. Is that what's what you resist persists is is yeah. is comes from years and years and years ago, right? But it's true. What you resist persists because it's what you're doing is you're really saying yes to it. When you're saying no, the universe doesn't hear no, the universe hears, oh, your attention is there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And isn't it interesting? We, we, the subtitle of your book, um, Stop Overthinking, Start Aligning, Live Happy. I think that first part, uh, the overthinking, I think I really, I feel, and I witness it almost as an observer because I don't, my, myself, I don't know how it, I don't know if it's a combination of how I was raised, you know, um, my mother loved me, like treasured the ground that I walked on, right? My, uh, my mother and my grandmother also really raised me because my parents had to work. So my grandmother also loved me, treasured the ground that I walked on, would always say, you're my favorite, like in front of the other cousins, like, Shh, grandma, no, no. So <laughs> I had this really solid foundation of you can do anything. You are amazing. You're beautiful. We love you. We love you. We love you. So I never really had that overthinking flu. <laughs> right? I never had the, the, um, the burden of overthinking. If I was sad and there was plenty of moments as a child, you know, where you have sad moments, things go wrong. Um, I would escape that many times through my imagination. I would play. Um, I would focus in on those beautiful women that loved me and be with them. But I didn't have the burden of the overthinking today with adults, but also young people. I see almost as if they're trapped in their minds. It's like a prison, like a mental prison of overthinking, of worry, of, um, and I don't know if it's this, if it's, if it's the social medias, or if it's just a different time or, but the overthinking can literally rob you of your life. I believe it can just, it can suck all the joy out of your life so that you're overthinking to the point where you miss. Just like you said, you're not focusing on the beautiful things. You know, you're focusing on, on the negative or what could happen or what people are thinking about me or all those things. Can you talk about that? Because I'm sure the work that you've done with your clients um, has touched on this, uh, this, this part of about the overthinking being in the mind so much. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, it's all out there right? For everything that you want, there's the equivalent of what you don't want for there's darkness and there's light. And so it's all there for you to observe. It's all there for you to think about. So I'm going to 
sort of put a pause there for a second. I want to go back to one thing that you said about being a child and and when you were sad or not feeling good, you you naturally went to something that did feel better. You naturally sort of left that, put that on the table, left the turnips on that buffet, and off you went to a, a different experience in your own mind. And and that didn't that wasn't like pretending that other thing doesn't didn't happen or didn't exist, but you naturally went over to something that felt better. And I want to say that everyone is born with that intention and with that skill. It's not ability. It's, right. it's not really a skill, but it's a it's a natural thing. We all your soul is not pointing at those things and saying, you need to look at that and feel bad. You're, I did the same thing as a child. Whenever something was going on in my experience, I would I would take myself from that situation and put myself someplace else. And and so to any parents listening to this, I really want to say when your kids zone out, it's because they're trying to find their alignment. For the most part, that's what they're doing. They're looking to find their alignment because when there's energy being directed toward them, let's say you're mad at them, that never feels good. That never feels good from your soul's perspective or from your human perspective. And your soul is always calling you into the place where it feels better. Mm. Okay. First thing. Secondly, yes, we are. I can overthink too. And I, and I, I do this for a living. What I mean by overthinking, <clears throat> and you sort of pointed to it, but I want to make a, dis a stronger distinction here overthinking really only ever happens i would only ever consider that there's any overthinking going on when you're pointed at something that doesn't feel good and you're rummaging around a problem you're rummaging around something you're worried about you're rummaging around a wrongdoing that you perceived wrongdoing something unfair that you perceive was unfair when you're when you're don't have enough money and you're trying to think about ways to come up with money that kind of thing the overthinking is only happening really in those in that in in that context when you're not feeling good because that's the time when it would behoove you to pause the thinking and change the subject like you did as a kid okay so the reason why it's easy so so to add to that think all you want when you feel good dream remember this imagine that talk about this, talk about that when you're feeling good, because that's when you're in alignment. That's when you are perpetuating that thing, which you were thinking and talking about. You are also equally doing the perpetuation of anything that you think about when you don't feel good. And so if you want more of that, stay on it. And that's not a threat. That's just law. That's just the law of attraction. That's the laws of the universe. That's like attracts like. And so, so to the overthinking part and how, how we get sort of trapped into that air quotes trapped into that is that there's, if you think about the idea of momentum and habits. So when you start to, to drive to work in a particular way and you always do it, it's easier to do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day, because you've always done it. It's harder to think of going a different way to work, let's say. And so it's a habit that we get into from that foundational misunderstanding that I need to think about a problem to solve it. I need to think about this thing that's bothering me because it's bothering me. Well, all you get when you're thinking about something that's bothering you is more bothered. It's more bothering. <laughs> yeah. 
and I and and if you go looking for those rabbits in that rabbit hole, you're going to find them. You're going to find you're it. going to find them because multiply rabbits multiply very, very fast, don't they? And so I know I'm simplifying it. And that really is my my art here is I simplify things. So I want you to understand that it is cause and effect. But when you get on a jag and you get in the habit of overthinking when you don't feel good, you think that that's what you need to do. Plus, society kind of tells you that's what you do and demonstrates that models that for us. Right. You need to think about the problem because you've got to solve it. Well, you're not going to do any solving when you're thinking about the problem. You've got to be thinking about something else and let that solution come. And so the overthinking happens because there's so much momentum. And the more you think, the more you attract more of the ways that you're thinking. So it's hard to get off yeah. that train. It's hard to get off that train. But at some point, that's why my book is about that empowerment, understanding that whether you're on the train or not, what whether you're going really fast down into that rabbit hole or not, that there's no judgment. The distinction is knowing the difference. The distinction is knowing that, oh, I'm going down a rabbit hole or I just got on that train and it's going really fast because I'm used to getting on that train. I'm used to thinking about these things in this particular way. And I'm just yeah. picking that up. And it's easier for me to go there than it is for me to think about positive aspects about it or think about something else that's pleasant relative to that or another subject. So I go more into uh, explaining that in the book, how to switch gears, but you're not going to do it all of a sudden. You can't no. switch gears all of a sudden. No, but it's also the, the, the uh, part of the battle is recognizing when you're doing it. I call it, I call it, um, spiraling down the drain so like you know when you're taking a bath and you unplug the thing and the water goes goes like yeah down like that's the spiral and um and i've been able to several times catch myself going down the spiral which is once you once you unplug that bathtub water and it starts going down it's really hard to kind of you know get the water back up you gotta, into the top. You got to put a plug in. You got to right? put a plug in. Exactly. You got to plug in it. And so, yeah. So when I ask people to put a plug in it, right? Yes. Basically set yes. it aside. And sometimes it's helpful. This sounds really silly, if you will. It's sometimes helpful to say to yourself, Hey, I'm going to put a plug in that. I'm going to think about that later. Yes. If I really need to, I, I'm going to think about that later if I really need to. If I really feel compelled to think about the problems that are bothering me and feel like I want to be bothered, I'll go, I'll revisit that again. Yes. And you might have to do that a thousand or more times today. But if you do that, if you redirect and redirect and redirect and understand that the problem is not going to be solved by looking at the problem. Yes. Then you, you start you do start training yourself. So the first step in applying the knowing, meaning those three things you need to know in my book and applying it is awareness, is, is just being aware I'm doing it. And you say, well, sometimes I know and sometimes I don't. That's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. If you, yeah. if, if that, that's fine. If you can do it sometimes on the, those times when it's easier to catch yourself before you've gone too far down that drain, then you start practicing it where it's easier. And that's what I always tell my clients. You've got to start practicing it where, where it's easier. Where that and is then, the default reaction. That is the default yeah. as opposed to, well, those synapses have been dug deep, right? It's like the lines, you know, between my fingers, right? right? There's, and so the automatic response of I'm going to think that, oh, well, they didn't answer my text. They must be cheating on me, right? They, they must be having an affair or, or 
whatever, wherever we go down the drain or the rabbit hole, right? Well, number one, did that thought feel good? No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, it doesn't. And so there must be something else I could think about this, right? And that's, that's number one. Yeah. It didn't feel good. And and you have to, so, so overthinking gets, you can subside, you can put overthinking on the back burner over time by making how you feel a priority. And I don't mean making how you feel a priority by making other people do the things that make you feel good. I mean, tending to your own thoughts, tending to your own perspectives, tending to, to the meanings that you're attaching to things. If, and we do see kids, right? I see my daughter, she's on her phone. And, and as soon as she gets a, a message of some kind, she answers it. Or she'll say, that person left me on red or that person left me on unread. And they, they continue to be in the moment reactors to a situation and i'm i'm always talking to my daughter about interpreting things differently interpreting them in a way that feels better she doesn't really want to hear it at this age so i try not yeah, to come on yeah, right. to, you know she doesn't uh, i i know nothing to some extent as far as she's concerned right that the age yeah. that she's at yeah. and that's okay but i'm not going to stop saying it and i'm not going to stop demonstrating how i work myself either out Bingo. of a loop right or or how I so rather than work myself out of a loop I do my best to practice being out of the loop yes you see yes so so we're all gonna have loops we're all gonna have rather than try to overcome things yeah I pay more attention to where where do I feel stable where do I feel certain where do I feel confident where do I feel capable and able and empowered and all of those things. I put my more emphasis on that than trying to get out of holes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and I'll tell people too, um, for those that are listening or those that are watching on, on YouTube, um, the podcast is available on YouTube as well. So if you're watching, hello. Um, once you do, once, once you catch yourself and you stop that downward spiral going down the rabbit hole, because it's so, um, it's it's not a it's not even addictive. Well, it is. It's addictive. Well, it is. It is. It's, it's momentum. Of, and, yes, it's and momentum. It's, but it's once momentum. you stop yourself, and it's almost like, have you ever heard of like when people have like a near death experience and they sort of their soul comes out of their body and they can kind of look at the scene, the car crash, right? So it's I'll I equate it to that because I remember I remember exactly, I remember uh, driving. And having this situation where I was going down the rabbit hole, sort of, so to speak, and my mind, um, the ego is always throwing out the worst case scenario, right? Oh, this is the worst thing that can happen. This is what they're doing. This is what they're thinking about you. Blah, blah, you're a loser, all these things. And, and I can feel myself going down the spiral and getting And my, my heart was like, I was like, oh my gosh, my heart is like racing. I'm, I'm stressed. I'm, um, I'm scared. And then I did that thing. I was like, whoa, whoa, you don't know all the facts, man. You don't know all the facts. You're just guessing. You're jumping to conclusions of what you think someone else is doing or thinking. And you don't really know for sure. So how about you put a pause in it and we'll just see how they behave towards you in the next couple days or the next day or tonight or whatever let's just put a pause in it and see because you're jumping to conclusions once you're able to do that and i did that 
in this situation. And I saved myself so much stress and heartache and because you go down that path, that rabbit hole where you're already you're putting flowers on the grave. You know, your 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 husband doesn't text you back and you're like, that's it. I know he's cheating. I know that, you know, I'm going to file for a divorce tomorrow and everything. And and he's like, wait, no, no, my my phone wasn't with me in, in the car or I was helping someone on the side of the road who had an accident. And I couldn't get to your, but you've already worked yourself up to a place where you're already hating them, right? And it, and it happens fast and it's, it, it uh, is a habit. That's fast. why you have to practice these thoughts, these perspectives and choosing better feeling thoughts outside of those places that you know you're reactive because it's just going to help you get into a habit so that you can then transfer that habit to some of those subjects that are harder, you see? Yeah. Yeah. And so rather than jump to conclusions, which we all do, we all do. And, and when you recognize that you are doing that, can you take a beat and pause and say, wait, wait a minute, that doesn't feel good. What else could I think about this? And maybe in that moment, you can't think something that feels better. You can't, but you can go from, I don't know what's happening to let's say you know you you're the example you gave your husband isn't isn't texting you back well, I don't really know what's happening rather than jump to the worst case scenario when you're deciding that how you feel matters then you can start saying well I'll find out when he gets home or I don't yes. know why he's not texting me but maybe he's busy like there's always something softer and it's not a big shift in how I feel, but I know if I take my time with that thought and really feel it, I know that that thought certainly felt better than he's cheating on me or whatever yes. scenario you make up. Right. So it's worth slowing it down when you're trying to shift what you're thinking and feeling about something. It's worth just taking the time and saying, okay, I want to feel better. And you, you, you come up with a thought and you think, okay, did that one feel better or worse? And if it felt worse, then you you know that you're going in the direction of the rabbit hole. If it felt yeah. slightly better, if it gave you some relief, if you it, maybe you felt some relief of tension in your body, then you know that you are now kind of getting out of that rabbit hole. So slow it down. Try to think another thought. Oh, that felt better. And maybe you'll only kind of get three thoughts out and you'll go, okay, now I'm right back down into the rabbit hole. Okay, you need to leave that subject aside for now. And and I want to say, don't wait until your husband comes home to affirm that all is well before you feel better. And that's yes. where that self-empowerment piece is, because most of us like to think that, well, I'll be happy when right. whatever this falls into place. And, and, and I call that a human thought trap because you'll find something else then or when again, that you're not happy about. So you've got to make that happiness, that choice of how I feel matters. And I'm going to think whatever I need to think and do whatever I need to do to feel happy. That is in, that is within my charge. That is within my agency. I don't have to wait until yes. someone gives me the answer I want, or someone gives me the answer that I don't want. I don't have to wait until all of these pieces fall into place. I can live a more unconditional life and know that I am more empowered when I understand that I can accomplish a thought and a perspective that feels better to me. And that doesn't have to be, be the big T truth that everyone agrees with it. It's more, 
relative to me and where I am and what I've come to know and what I've experienced, what thought feels better to me? And if you can't find a thought that feels better to you, it's going to feel like effort because you've just been thinking something that feels really crappy, let's say. Yeah. So it's going to feel like effort. You got to hold in there for a little bit and show yourself you can do it. And if it feels too hard, then get off of it and go on to another subject that does feel better. But this takes practice. It's like going it to the gym. Practice. In the beginning, it's, like it's going gonna, to gym. It's gonna be yeah. sore. Your muscles, your 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 muscles are going to be sore. But the uh, but here's the here's the option, right? Is first of all, you're gonna when you when you do accomplish that, you're going you're gonna go you're gonna give yourself a pat on the back and go, holy moat, man, I could have really gone down that rabbit hole and it could have caused so much, you know stress for myself and that other person the option is that you do go down that rabbit hole and you do go down that drain you get sucked into it and then like you were saying when you do that what you find is all these clues all of a sudden all these things that will back up or reinforce your fear so if you think the reason why they haven't texted you back in you know five minutes or whatever <laughs> is because they're cheating on you then what you'll do is you will start looking for all those clues you'll so find evidence you you'll find, find evidence. evidence of whatever you'll, you're looking for you find evidence and that me because you because you want to be right i'm going to be right damn it yeah. so that means you know you'll see something in you know whatever in their car and you'll go that looks like lingerie or that smells like a woman or what does he mean when he says this? And that's a prison. That's a hellhole prison for your mind yeah. where you could have just said, you know what? I'm just going to wait and see. I'm just going to, but also I think because for myself, I find that I need to be able to say something as well and to say, Hey, you know what? The other day or, uh, uh, today, when you did this or you didn't do this, I felt a little strange. And you know what? All these thoughts, all these worries, all these fears came up in me. And I and I want you to know that I didn't go there, but that I felt all that because the, the way that you spoke to me or whatever. And then the other person has the opportunity to go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know, you know, I was stressed at work. I didn't mean to ignore you. But being able to also... I don't want to say it's confess, but to, but to say, hey, you know what? I felt really icky about what you said or what you did, or I find for me is also liberating. Now, it depends on the different situation, obviously, but I, I find that that's like because, yes, you know, I, I, took, I, I brought myself back from the cliff because I was going over the cliff and I pulled yeah. myself back. I think it's helpful for you to identify why that's comforting to you, what your intention with that is certainly. And, and, and also everybody has their own thing that makes them feel good, whatever that is. So I'm never here to stand in a place of judgment of what your choices are. I do always want to underline everything though, and say, you have the ability to feel better no matter what you have, no matter what. And it, if you make it dependent upon someone else, affirming, validating, giving you a pat on the back, then then it's less, it really is less empowering. And I'm not at all saying don't talk. 
to anyone about these things. What I am saying is you do have the ability to do that for yourself. You do have the ability to be your own very own best friend. And your soul is always with you. We all have guidance. And so the only you are the thinker, you are the feeler, you are the perceiver. And it is all in your charge. And that's really the point that I always want to make is that things are way more in your charge than you're potentially oh, giving yourself that. credit for. Yeah, I love that. Because we seem, we we can feel like uh, in the day to day that we are a victim of circumstances. Right? Yeah. And then we want the circumstances to change before we feel better, or we want someone right. else to change before we will feel fill in the blank how we want to feel and then so then then in essence we're not only holding ourselves hostage but we are holding others hostage to a job to a job that was never theirs to fulfill we all have our own guidance we all have our own compass we all have our own perspectives and life experiences that create that relationship between us and our soul and and if you forget that that exists, then you will turn to other human beings in a conditional way and need them to fill in the blank here yeah. to do these things, say these things. You have to announce before you get there, listen, I get triggered by this and I don't like this and I don't like this and I need the temperature here this way. And then we lose our own autonomy. We lose our own agency. So we think that all of the conditions need to be right before I can feel good before I can have a good time before I can right so then we start rejecting life we start rejecting situations we reject people because they don't think the way that we do and and the universe expands based on desire the universe expands based on diversity sameness is not how the universe is set up to be right so again we are all powerful powerful beings and creators of our own experiences and and there's freedom for yourself and freedom for others when you're playing with them. If you were able to say, listen, I'm not going to, you're going to meet me right where I expect you to be. So if my expectation of you is disappointment, you will disappoint me every single time. And that's your doing. They can't help it. They can't buck your current. Again, momentum. They cannot buck your current. If you expect someone to disappoint you, they will. So you're the one, you're the one who has to change your perspective. You're the one who has to change your mood and attitude about that because they have the potential to meet you where you're at in a different place, but they'll keep meeting you where you're at if you stay there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ooh, I think we just preached. Yeah. <laughs> we just had a sermon. Yeah, well, you know, you know, it's just it's different understanding, right? We're not taught these things for the most part, and and these things no, have been been, been talked about for for lots and lots and lots and lots of years, right? This I'm not new to this. No, but we parrot our parents. You know, we parrot the people, yeah. the, the 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 culture we're brought up in, the religion, the the society. Um, you know, we we parrot those parrot not parent we parrot those um things that are around us because that's how our minds work and that's how those connections work we witness this is yeah this is how mommy this is how mommy deals with stress you know oh she drinks a lot of stuff and then acts funny (laughs) 
<laughs> right? And right. so like, it, it's that idea of understanding that you have, you are way more in charge of that. And yes, you have influences around you. But if you stop and think about, about the agency that you do want to have and start implementing that a little bit at a time and asking yourself, is there something else I could think about this? Is there something else that I could feel about this? Is there some, and the answer is always Yes. Yes. Because exponentially you can feel better exponentially and you can also feel worse exponentially. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Thank you. All right. So so we were talking earlier about anxiety also. Yes. Maybe that was pre-show. And and you know, anxiety is is there are lots of ways to describe it, but it really is that's also momentum. You thought a thought someplace and felt an emotion that didn't feel good. And then you kept thinking it. And then, and then another thought came to you about that and another thought and another thought and another thought. And it's a reactionary, usually to a situation, it's a reaction to a situation. And you haven't taken the time to ask yourself if you could find a way to feel better. And so the momentum makes it get out of control to the point that you call it anxiety. If you could catch it sooner, right? If you could catch it sooner. And that's also the message I want to spread. If you could just catch it sooner before it got there. If you could just catch it sooner. If you just understood that when you had that thought that created some anxiousness within you, you had a better opportunity than, than the more you think it and then you start to expect something. Then you start and somewhere along the way, your beliefs, you see, and once you get there, then your beliefs are always a self-fulfilling prophecy. So again, this is not blameful. This is just wanting to sort of explain that arc of that perpetual momentum just perpetuates upon itself and then makes it harder. And then you have a condition called anxiety. Well, that's what I was going to say is that then we're labeled with this thing. I have anxiety. So it's just like, I just put this big coat on and it's right. the, the anxiety coat. And this is what I have. And I'm, I'm, I, I've, when you say that too, it's like, I've got, this is part of me. This is like my hair, my skin. It is not an identity. It is a condition that you are experiencing. It is an emotion that you are feeling for sure. And yes, it's been labeled. I get that. We're not pretending that people are not feeling those Absolutely. feelings. They they are. And when you're feeling that, then I say, you know, then seek a counselor, seek someone to talk to, to help you manage the pre-symptoms, right? Help you manage yeah. those, those trigger points that you, you learn how to manage even when you're in those moments as well. But I want people to understand how the reason why it gets there often is because it was a perpetual habit of thinking that you didn't correct sooner. If you don't correct your car, if one or two tires goes off the off the road, if you don't correct it, you're going in the ditch. Like there's not much. It's out of your control then, isn't it? Correct. It feels out of your control. And it's kind of the same thing. So this is not blameful toward anybody or judging anybody. It's simply that's kind of how it happens. You didn't catch the tires when they first went off the road. So you just kept going. And it's go it does feel harder to manage it feels harder to manage to get out of the ditch once you're in the ditch. Well, and it's, and it's, it's exhausting physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's exhausting to be in that hamster wheel of just constant, constant. Yeah. Constant. And so you do have to make an effort. You do have to make an effort. 
right? To feel better. You do yeah. have to make an effort to reach for some of those subjects that aren't so anxiety producing for you. You do have to look around you and feel for those things that maybe, maybe somewhere in your life, you do feel really certain or comfortable somewhere. Then think about that, certain about an ability you have, certain about someone in your life, certain about sitting in your seat and it feels stable, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be a big life-changing thing, but getting into that habit of introducing I'm not anxious all the time. And so, so, so here we could do this too. So I, I have anxiety. Well, is it anxiety? Maybe it is. I'm not saying it isn't. Or do I feel anxious at times? Right. And you start making those distinctions. Well, I feel anxious. Would you, do I feel anxious all of the time? And maybe the answer is yes. Okay. Well, you don't when you're sleeping. Right. So right there, we're just softening the perspective a little bit. Well, I'm not feeling so anxious when I'm sleeping. I wake up feeling anxious, right? Because I pick up where I last left myself with the identity that I've now labeled myself with or with the emotions that I've been experiencing. So you can you can backtrack it a little bit in a way by saying, you know, well, when I'm sleeping, I'm not feeling anxious. When I wake up, I do. Okay, well, that's good. Well, do I feel anxious about every single subject that I think about? And maybe I do because I'm in the habit now, that, that vibe, right? that habit is so dominant that I'm bringing anxiety to this subject and that subject and that subject. But at some point I've got to decide I can bring a different emotion to these subjects. And maybe it's just a little bit less anxiety, still anxiety, still anxious, but a little less because I talked myself off the ledge and I'm going to keep talking myself off the ledge so that I feel a little less anxious and a little less anxious. I'm not going to beat myself up when I am feeling it. And that's something I want to make sure we get across here. None, no emotion is, is meant to be for you to use a stick and beat yourself over the head for feeling it. No, that causes more anxiety. Right. As well. But, but you can, can you, yourself, can you yeah. work, can you work your way out of this? 100% you can, you can, I know you can. Will it feel hard? <clears throat> yeah. Like any new habit feels more challenging at first when you first start on that journey, but can you keep practicing it? Yes, you can. And I think the big, the big thing here and the giant leap that people can do is to just be aware, just to, just the simple fact of being aware, aware. of how we <laughs> react to things and what we focus on is, is huge. Because again, we kind of go on autopilot. I think sometimes we just go, okay, I got to get up. I got to get the kids ready. Got to go to work. Got to do this. Got to do that. And so we're, we're in a pinball machine, you know, da, 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 da. and then we react to something that, that, that happens to us. And it's almost like we don't even have the time sometimes to sit there, pull back and go, wait a second. Let me just take a look at what happened here. Was that really an attack on me or was that just someone in a bad mood or, you know, we don't, we don't have that ability. So this is a takeaway from today's show. I'm hoping that people realize that if you're able to even just stop and think about those, think about the overthinking. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, but, but stop yourself and decide that you want to feel good and, and exactly decide that you want to feel good and to just, just to, it's almost like a movie. Stop, put it, put it on pause. Just put it on pause. 
Put it on pause. Set a, and tell yourself, like go, you even tell yeah, yourself that. Go yeah. get yourself a drink. Get some popcorn, right? Come back. And I promise you, Christine promises you as well, that you'll be looking at that movie in a different way, right? And if you don't right now, keep doing it and keep, keep doing, doing it. it or get off the subject and practice it again where it's easier. Exactly. exactly. And start to your point, you pick up you pick up where you last left it usually. So a lot of people get up in the morning and think what they thought yesterday because it, it's there to think. So so it's worth taking the time to decide that before I get up and out of bed and just pick up where I last left off, I'm going to think first, slow it down a little bit and find a feeling that feels good and just think about just think about the feeling. Mm -hmm. For 2 minutes, for 2 minutes, just take 2 minutes out of your day. And then decide, how do I want my day to go? Not so much it needs to go all of these perfect ways so that I'm pleased. It's more, I want to have stability. I want to have those sea legs to take any little bumps along the way. I want to feel good. I want to look for the good. I want to look for the treasures that might be buried really, really deep right now. But I, I want to believe that there are treasures. I want to believe that there are good things to believe in. I want to believe that there are nice things to look at. I want to believe that the world is good, right? That that in and of itself is like slowing that momentum down. It's like slowing that hundred mile an hour train down so that you start to you start to create new habits. Those simple processes, games are one way to start turning that train around, to slowing it down. It's stopping that water from going down the drain to the bathtub. <laughs> right. You're putting a plug in it. You're putting a plug in it. Oh my gosh. I love this. I, I thank you so much for, um, for, for being with us today and for sharing your wisdom on this. I, if people want to find out more about, uh, your, your coaching that you do, your executive coaching, life coaching, uh, what's the best place for them to, to find you? Uh, my website, christinemeyercoaching.com. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook as Christine Meyer Coaching. So everywhere you look, I am Christine Meyer Coaching. Pretty easy to find. And it's Christine Meyer and um, christinemeyercoaching.com. And Meyer is spelled M-E-Y-E-R. And Christine, you should know how to spell Christine already because you know me. <laughs> christinemeyercoaching.com. You can check it out. And, um, and also we'll make sure that we have a link uh, in the show notes to your website but also to the book, uh, keep yeah. it simple, smarty pants, stop overthinking, start aligning, live happy. And then Christine, please, uh, you're welcome to come back when your, um, when your next book in the series comes out Great. and that's going to be next year sometime, right? Next year sometime. I'm not, I'm not promising on the date, but it's in the works. It's going to be a book on relationships. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, I, I, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. But again, I, it's under the, the the trademark name of Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants title of books. And um, I it's going to be simple and it's going to be broken down so that it's really relatable and easy to apply and understand. But I'm going to create, again, some foundations there and some things certainly to make you think differently because we have to have different foundations. We have to start from different premises if we're going to create a new way of being in the world yeah I, well and it all comes down like you said that that's the title of the book and the title of the work that you do keep it simple 
keep it simple. Yeah. We, we tend to sometimes like to overcomplicate things and make them so much harder than they need to. It's just keep it simple. I love living simply. I love thinking simply. And I love um, coaching simply as well. I love that. So thank you so much, Christine, again, for joining us. Uh, folks, to find out more, go to christinemeyercoaching.com. I'll have a link in the show notes for that. And we'll also have a link for you to purchase her book, Keep It Simple, Smotty Pants. Stop <laughs> overthinking, start aligning, <laughs> and live happy. Thank you again, Christine, for joining us today. Really appreciate thank your time. You. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. And I want to thank you, wonderful listeners and viewers that are on YouTube. Hello. Uh, thank you so much. Make sure that if you've resonated with this material that you share it. It's not going to do any good if it's just in your little head. Share it with someone that you think could benefit from the beautiful words of wisdom that my guest Christine Meyer has said today. If you'd like more information on the podcast, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. And if you want more information about me and my uh, coaching, you can go to christineblasdale.com. All the links will be in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about writing anything down. Just click on the links and I'll take you to your destination. Okay, until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside of that damn box. Bye for now.